0: Good morning. Open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 31. We'll be looking at verses 10 through the end of the chapter. It's going to be just a little different. I'm not going to read the text up front, then go back. We're going to read the text as we go and make some comments and point out some things to you as we read through the text. And by the way, I want to thank all of you who prayed for me. Oh, man, I was. It was bad, but God did hear your prayer, and now I am. and Roger, thank you for filling in last week. I appreciate it, brother. It is Mother's Day, and it's a day that we honor the women who gave birth to us, but really, it does not necessarily have to be your biological mother. It could be a very special woman in your life. It could be an aunt. could be a family friend. could be a sister, someone who stepped in in that role. So we're not just looking at just biological mothers, but people who fill that role. We have a lot of spiritual moms with us this morning as I look out. Because especially on Wednesday nights, you are filling that role to some degree as you teach them uh, the Bible. And as you uh, work with them, they see you sometimes in that fashion. By the way, they do miss you when you're not here. And the, and the title, as you can see, of our message this morning is entitled A Virtuous Woman. That comes from verse 10. That's actually in the King James translations. It's called A Virtuous Wife. Now, the New American Standard, which I preach out of, translates it an excellent wife. The Holman Christian Standard translation says a capable wife, and then NIV says a wife of noble character. But the Hebrew word there literally means strength and valor, and always excellent. And eight times that word is translated able or capable. Ten times it's translated as strength. And over 40 times in the Old Testament, it is translated as valiant. It's referring to moral strength, integrity, and efficiency. Now, some view verse 23, if you look down in your text, look at verse 23 as somewhat as an intrusion or what happened here. Maybe we're just throwing in it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense of why it's there. However, it's this a Hebrew poem? And it's structured a certain way. Each verse starts with the Hebrew alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet in order. Each verse starts with it. And it's structured as a poem. And verse 23 structurally is right in the middle. So here's what I'm getting at. The original audience for this was not young women. It's not telling women what kind of wife you should be. It's for young men saying, "If this is the type of woman you should be marrying. This is the type of woman that you should be looking for. And as we walk through this passage, we'll discover what is meant by virtuous. And I have a feeling as we walk through this, being Mother's Day, that a lot of us are going to have a lot of memories going back to our own mothers, or a spiritual mom, or someone taught us in Sunday school, they had a Sunday school teacher, or teacher at school, all those memories are going to come back and you are going to say, that, that lady, that woman had these type of characters that we see in the text. It could be anybody or any woman who has influenced and shaped your life. So let's look at the, the first part, which is verses 13 through 19 of the poem. It says, an excellent wife, who can find, or you could put it this way, who can find a virtuous or capable wife. Now, that doesn't mean that no one can be found like that, but he's putting the emphasis on when you find someone like that, how valuable it is. Look what he says. For her worth is far above jewels or far more precious than jewels. And that word translated jewels or rubies is really unknown. But here's the point the text is making. When you find a virtuous woman, a capable woman, when you find someone like that, the value is unspeakable. It's priceless is what the text is driving at. And what he says next, the heart of her husband trusts in her. He has full confidence in her in every part of life. He trusts her good sense, her fidelity, and her industry. And look what it says. And he will have no lack of gain, or he will have no lack of anything good, anything of value. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. Back in those days, they would have to spin wool and make clothes. And that was considered very uh, feminine work. That was a virtue for ladies to have that. And look what it says. Work with her hands in delight. If you have NIV, it says with eager hands. But really you could translate that literally at the pleasure of her hands. So what is semi-personifying the hands? That her hands take delight in what they're doing. They have a purpose and they love the creation of which they're doing. Literally the word hand could be palm. Literally in the in the Hebrew. So her hands delight in the work. They know they have purpose. As your lights in that. She is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. What's that mean? That means that she is producing stuff at home, but the stuff she can't make at home, she goes out and gets it for the family. She may produce more and go out and start trading, if you will, to make sure her family has the best of everything. So she's not just getting her family to survive. She's out there trading and doing things to make sure her family has stuff they cannot provide at home. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household. She's not a sluggard. She's not lazy. And look what it says, and portions prescribe tasks to her maidens. That doesn't mean that she's personally making breakfast for the female slaves. What it means is that not only does she look after her own family, but she's looking over her servants to make sure they have enough that everyone has enough portions to be taken care of. So she's overseeing the household very, very well. She cares about the servants, and she's diligent about overseeing them. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She has a good head for business and personal initiative. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. This is not an idiom. She is a very strong person. She can do hard labor. All right? There's nothing wrong with that. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. Encouraged by business success, she continues to work into the night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hands grab the spindle. She's going back to that work before And just because she does all this other stuff, she still tends to spinning, making clothes. And that's verses, we walk through that very fast, that's verses 13 through 19. And take a minute just to go back and glance through that. Did you have a mother or some lady in your life that did that same thing? Had that type of work ethic? That made sure that not only was her kids taken care of, but a whole family was taken care of? Making sure that the pantry is stocked, make sure you had enough food. That's one problem I've never had in my life. You can tell right here. I've always had plenty of food, sometimes too much. But I know in my case, Tammy goes to the grocery store. She makes her list, and uh, she makes sure that we have what we need. Now, she doesn't like when I go to the grocery store because I'll keep calling her, what kind do you want? You want this kind, this kind, this kind, this kind? I'm telling myself, there's now an app that you can get that can list everything you need by aisle and what it looks like. She goes, I'm going to get that for you. So next time I'm going to send you a grocery store. You know exactly what I want. Quit calling me all the time. Am I right? <laughs> and we pick up in verse 20. Look what it says. She extends her hand to the poor. She stretches out her hands to the needy. That's describing her generous, kind, caring, and sympathetic spirit. Now, concern for the poor is a fundamental virtue of wisdom literature, which is proverbs wisdom literature. Therefore, in being generous, she is doing what is wise, which provides the link in verse 26 that we see. What does she do? She teaches wisdom. She is not afraid of the snow for all her household are clothed with scarlet. Now, this is kind of interesting. Some find it odd that they would say scarlet to protect her family from the winter weather. So some biblical scholars say, well, maybe she just put two on everything. That's not the case. Scarlet was very precious. What it is telling us is that she'd make sure that her family had the best of everything that they would be taken care of when it's cold outside. How many times did my wife tell my children, don't you go outside with a coat on? How many times did your mother tell you don't go outside without a coat on? Okay, (laughs) but making sure that we have to make sure we have the highest quality. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. For all her strength and business acumen, she is still elegant. Dressing well and decorating the home with pride is not regarded as frivolous. And linen, that's referring to imports, the finest imports, from Egypt, and purple describes the dyed fabric from Phoenicia, the very best. So Texas tells us she's getting the very best she can for her family. And here's verse 23. Lies listen up. Her husband is known in the gates where he sits among the elders of the land. Back in ancient days, the gates of the city is where the elders would sit and discuss the business of the city. And because of her, look what it says, her husband is known at the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. A man with a wife like this will be very respected, well respected by his peers. And this is also telling us once again that this message is not necessarily for the young ladies, but for the young men. And then if you want to be respected in the city, if you want to have Uh, respect among your peers, your wife should have these qualities. She makes linen garments. She sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. She only has fine clothing and furnaces for herself and her home, but she also manufactures enough to sell for profit. Strength and identity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. She lasts at whatever troubles the future may bring because she is metaphorically clothed in strength and dignity. She is a woman of character and she is prepared for ever may come. She opens her mouth in wisdom. The teaching of her kindness is on her tongue. She's a capable teacher and well acquainted with wisdom. Her children are perhaps her primary students here, but the text is not specific. And guys, I got to say this. We can't rule out the fact that she gets, sits her husband down and gets him right from time to time. Maybe she has to say, look, this is what you need to do. Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also, he praises her. Her family gratefully acknowledges all the benefits they've had from her. As far as they're concerned, she's the greatest wife and mother has ever lived on the earth. Here we come to a very important part. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain but a woman who fears the Lord. Now, there's nothing wrong with charm and beauty, but there are inadequate reasons to marry a young lady. What we need to look for, young men, is women with these qualities. Because whoever finds such a woman will make sure that her gifts and her accomplishments do not go unappreciated. And you see that in verse 31. So what does it mean to be virtuous as we quickly walk through this text together? Well, someone who's virtuous is trustworthy, or you could say devoted. and You see that in verses 11, 12, and 23. Her husband has confidence, has faith in her, trusts her, and supports her. She enhances and improves and increases her husband's reputation. Another quality could be diligence, and wisdom, verses 13 through 19. She is not afraid to work. She is a wise shopper and plans ahead. She is giving. Verse 20 says she extends her hand to the poor. And let me just, I read that too quickly, but really when it says hands, the Hebrew is saying palm. so she's The idea is is not having a closed hand like this. When she reaches out to the poor, it's giving them more of an illustration like this. You know, your arms open saying, what do you need? That's a powerful illustration right there when she reaches out to the poor. So she's giving. She has planned ahead. She's able to take care of the family, but she's also able to take care of the poor. She is dependable, verses 15, 21, and 27. When adversity comes, be it bad weather or something else, she already has a plan to deal with whatever it might be. And of course, in verse 30, she is, she loves the Lord, in verse 30. She is a, someone who is guided and directed by God's Word. She is a true student of God's wisdom. You know, the highest compliment you can give to a lady is this. You're a Proverbs 31 type of lady because of all these things you just read through. And for all you young men out there who might be on the internet and in this room, you need to look for a lady or a woman who has these qualities because what the world purchase, uh, pushes does not last. We need to look for these qualities. And I'm confident each of us have had some precious memories reading through this text, reflecting upon what it means to be virtuous. Think about all the different qualities and abilities and talents. Most of us, if not all of us, have remembered our mothers. Remembering how trustworthy, devoted, and dependable, diligent, and wise and giving they are. I also thank God for godly mothers He gave us a drug problem. Know what that means? Every time the church doors are open, you're drugged to church, drug to Bible school, drug to VBS. (laughs) But thank God for them. Young ladies, remember what it says in verse 30. I can't say this enough. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Everything the world pushes, promotes does not last forever. If we base our relationships just on physical appearance alone, you're setting yourself up for failure. Young men, tribe and beauty are not bad in and them by themselves, but they're not adequate reasons to marry a girl. You need to search for a Proverbs 31 woman. And when you do find someone like that, You'll have no lack of anything good or anything of value. I could say that I have a mom that lives in Virginia that's Proverbs 31. But I also have a woman to my left and to your right, sitting right up here, that's demonstrated Proverbs 31 to me and to my kids. It still does today. So no matter what kind of relationship you have with your mom, if your mom is no longer here, she's passed away, or your mom is out of state, if you're able to, I would encourage you to call her and just tell her how much you appreciate her. And I would even encourage you, maybe pull out the Proverbs 31 and underline this stuff, say, Mom, we went through this this morning, and this reminded me of you. The way you took care of us, provided for us, the self-sacrifice, it's all there in Proverbs 31. In a way of conclusion, we come to the invitation time. And basically we call it invitation because we've listened to God's word. Now we invite you to respond to it. Maybe God's calling you just to pray for your mom. Maybe God's asking you to step up and be a Proverbs 31 woman. Gentlemen, do we support our lives? Does she know we have full confidence in her in every aspect? And do we give her the credit because of her Increases my reputation. Speaks well of me and my family. But perhaps you've never given your life to Christ. You never cried out to God, said, God, I've broken your law. You've never given your life to Him. Maybe you need to do that this morning. And like I've said many times during this time of this pandemic, don't let this be a barrier of getting right with God. So there's two things I'm asking, excuse me, God is asking us to do. This is true of every invitation. First of all, get our vertical relationship with him squared away. Any sin that we haven't confessed, bad habits, whatever it is God's speaking to you, take care of that first. And once you do that, then you take care of the horizontal relationships with each other. It's a great day. And I am... Somewhat anticipating with excitement as we keep moving back, and more people start to come back as the epidemic kind of dies out, hopefully, and to get everybody back. I'm, I'm looking for what God's going to do. But please, this is your time. If you want to come up here, you can. If you want to pray where you're at, that's fine. You at home, please do not let this time go by without doing business with God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this passage. Father, most of all, we thank you for our moms and for those ladies who have spoke into our lives, who have modeled what it means to be a Proverbs 31 woman, who have given of themselves the time, their talents, their love, Father, instead of us being complainers like we always tend to be, let us have a grateful heart this morning, God, as we remember. Help us to remember what we have and focus on that rather than what we don't have. You are the giver of all good things. Most of all, dear God, we thank you for the greatest gift of all, your only Son, Jesus Christ, whose name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Take all I have in